ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome to NFL Live. Presented by BetMGM. We came here to do a job. We got to show everybody who we really are. Get the job done. Name of the game. One, oh, three, one, two, three. Hey. Whoa! What a catch! One on one and delivers the ball. Hey, we already know what it is, bro. We got to set the tone. Yes, sir. We got to set the tone. Do you hear me? Yeah! We're already one game into week four of the NFL season with plenty more exciting matchups still to come, starting with a big one in Buffalo, RC. Yeah, listen, when you look at what's going on in Buffalo between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, it's going to be about how do you stop this run game for Buffalo? Can you find a way to put pressure on Tua Tungavaloa and get to him with the rush? But with Raheem Mostert, Devin Achan, and what they were able to accomplish last week, trust me, you don't get 726 yards if you're not moving the football on the ground. That leads to that explosive play-action pass, and when they get to play-action pass, they are one of the toughest teams in the entire league to stop. All right, Swaggoo. Yeah, this Cowboys defense. They call this a copycat league. And when you give up what you gave up to the Arizona Cardinals, the New England Patriots are definitely going to try to see if you got things fixed for this week. Matter of fact, that's what they want to do. They want to bludgeon you at the line of scrimmage. So I'm calling all Dallas defenders. What are you going to do when the Patriots come for you downhill in this run game? Let's see what's happening if y'all got the stuff corrected from last week. Wagyu is calling. All right, and the Ravens at the Browns, 2-1. and one. Both, of course, lost their top running backs for the season. And J.K. Dobbins and Nick Chubb, shorthanded Ravens, coming off that first loss of the season to Indy in overtime. And Deshaun Watson, now listed as questionable with a shoulder injury at his best game of the season in Week 3. Rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. He's in line to start if Watson can't go on Sunday. Everybody, Hannah Storm with you, along with the great Swagoo, Marcus Spears, RC Ryan Clark, and Jeff Darlington with all the news. Great to be with y'all. Let's start with Thursday night football. So, Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions under the lights against their division rivals, the Green Bay Packers. Things did not start well for the visiting team. Remember, they came into Lambeau and knocked the Packers out of the playoffs on their last visit there. And, well, right away, that was intended towards Amon Ross St. Brown, but it was picked off by Rudy Ford, setting up a Packers field goal so they get on the board first, up 3-0. But you know what? This is Jared Goff. He's so cool. Couldn't bother him. Hitting rookie Sam Laporta, 35 yards. This is on their next possession of the game and on the very next play. It's Goff 
Finding his top target, St. Brown for the touchdown. They quickly take the lead. He throws for 62 of the team's 75 yards on that drive, and then boy did he have himself a night. David Montgomery scoring as the Packers are down 11 before the end of the first. We enter the third now. It's a 27-3 ball game. Packers try to come back again in the second half like they did last week as Jordan Love to Christian Watson. Watson was back, gained a 24, and this time he's wide open in the corner of the end zone. Packers tack on a two-point conversion so they get something going. Still, though, it is 27-11 towards the end of the third. A little controversy. You see the game clock winding down to zero. The refs do not blow the play dead and move a quarter over. And Love finds Jaden Reed for a gain of 44 two plays later. Love scores from nine yards out, so it's a 10-point ball game. That's as close as they would get. Lions fourth and goal, looking to put it away. And David Montgomery says, thank goodness I'm not playing for the Bears anymore because I couldn't beat this team when I was playing for the Bears. I was 0 for 7, but now I have three touchdowns and 121 yards and a win at Lambeau. Game was essentially over at halftime. Lions led by 24 points, uh, built that lead by dominating at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball on offense. Detroit putting up 284 yards, averaging six yards per rush. How about that defense? They stifled the Packers. They held Green Bay to 23 total yards. They sacked Jordan Love four times. Their sixth straight division win. Now they are atop the North and Swagoo. I see you nodding your head. I see you shaking your head. Uh, what did you take from what the Lions did last night? Relentless. The effort in which they play with is indicative of how the results were in this football game. When you think about from the line of scrimmage with this defensive line to linebackers and the secondary coming down and hitting and getting after the quarterback. You see McNeil here. The play before that, he had a tackle for loss. You see, um, you see him stopping that two-point conversion here with Jordan Love. This defense is relentless. I got to give my man Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, a shout out. Yeah. Played with him in Dallas. He was a phenomenal defensive back in the league for a long time. And now the imagery of what you see this team playing like is the way that AG approached this job. They're smart, they're fast, and they come downhill. And from quarter one through four, one second to the last second, they going all out. And that's the makings of a really good defense in order to be dominant. Well, I think when you look at the way that this team is put together defensively, it's about roster construction and the things that Brad Holmes has been able to do. And looking at Brad Holmes, you go one year, you select Panay Sewell, so now you're fortifying that offensive line. You're placing him opposite Decker on that right side. You come back the next year and you draft Aiden Hutchinson, now becoming a star rusher, a guy that was up for defensive rookie of the year last year, and you win in the trenches. You go out and you bludgeon the Green Bay Packers. You say, you know what, offensively, we're going to run it down your throat. Defensively, we're going to get after Jordan Love. And I love the way that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have said, this is who we want to be. They're not going to a high-class steakhouse and bringing butter knives, right? They're not bringing plastic forks. They're going there with their fine china because when you go there, you go there to eat and you go there hungry. And that's the way this team approaches every single game. Dan Campbell said, I freaking love you guys in the offseason when they were in training camp. He says it gives me goosebumps to coach this teams. And it's starting to give them goosebumps 
goosebumps every time they show up in stadiums because it doesn't matter if it's Arrowhead or Lambeau Field, this team comes to play physically, they come to play mentally, and they will not be bent, beat down. This is not the same Detroit Lions that found ways to lose games, y'all. They're finding ways to put them away. You make it 27-17, we're going to give the ball to Montgomery, we're going to run it down your throat, we're going to take time off the yes, clock sir. and have a 10-play plus drive. That's who they are. That's who they're built to be. Yeah, I mean, we all kind of laughed at that biting kneecaps uh, thing that he said early on, but really, this is a team that's yeah. built in Dan Campbell. Everybody image. walking around with nubs, Hannah. <laughs> that's exactly Everybody right. walking around with nubs after you play hey, them. But what about the Packers? I mean, listen, you said it, Marcus, this defense for the Lions plays the entire four quarters. These Packers are not playing four quarters of good football. So, RC, what did you see from them? Well, when you look at the, the Green Bay Packers, they're now a team that's trying to figure it out. And they just didn't have the guys last night. You think about the injuries on the offensive line, trying to work Aaron Jones and Christian Watson back into this team. You're missing Campbell defensively, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes on the other side. And the Detroit Lions were flat out better. They didn't walk into the stadium saying, we're scared of who we're playing on the other side. And Matt LaFleur, especially early on in this game, didn't do enough to help this team win. He didn't put Jordan Love in the favorable positions that you needed to be. If Aaron Jones is there, give him the ball. If A.J. Dillon is there, Give him the ball. If he can push the football down the field with a guy like Christian Watson, give him those opportunities. The Detroit Lions did everything that they could to accentuate their positives. The Green Bay Packers did not. We got an LOS alert, LOS alert, line of scrimmage alert, because that's what Detroit did. And they took advantage of the Green Bay Packers on the interior of the line of scrimmage. Listen, there's two things as a defensive front that you want to do. You want to get pressure on the quarterback, you want to knock him down and you want to affect throws. And that's what the Detroit Lions defense was able to do. And then from an offensive standpoint, when you think about what the Lions were able to do, they took full advantage of Green Bay's defensive line. This was about running the football in the red zone. Look, we, we, we can get pretty and we can go find and sign all these receivers to throw back shoulder fades to and throw all of these up top and find tight ends to leak out of the back in the red zone. You know what Dan Campbell and his staff said? We got a physical offensive line. We coming right at you. We're going to see if you can stop it. And what they did was remove the shade technique, the interior and Devontae Wyatt, and, and, and they moved Slayton, and they got these guys out of the way and ran Montgomery straight down the center of the line of scrimmage and gave up touchdowns in the red zone. That is how you dominate football games. Yeah. That is, there is nothing more demoralizing to a defensive line when you get an offense in the red zone and they run the football in for touchdowns. RC knows this. Every defensive player that ever played this, they do not run the football for touchdowns. If they score, let it be a pass. But last night, the Detroit Lions were able to run the football down the middle of the line of scrimmage and score three touchdowns against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I mean, it's a kind of football that travels well, and it's a kind of football that's going to play really well yes. later in the season. Lions hosting the Panthers next. Did we Packers just get hype travel talking to? about the Lions? Yeah, exactly. I think we just got hype. Absolutely. That's so good. Let's go to, let's, we should let Jeff Darlington get a word in edgewise. Jeff, Jeff has been standing patiently by, and he has so much for us <laughs> around the NFL. Hey, speaking of that Lions defense, what about their rookie safety, Brian Branch? I know he was injured last night in the game against the Packers. How's he? Yeah, and he had to exit the game twice last night, causing concern about his ankle. But ultimately, Dan Campbell saying today, it looks like they got away with one here. 
not too serious. X-rays came back negative. There is no broken bones. Uh, we'll have to find out exactly what the pain will be like for him. But the good news, it was a Thursday night game. They'll have those extra few days. So he'll have a long week to get himself ready for a potential return. David Bakhtiari, on the other hand, is going to miss three more games at the very least. Uh, he already missed the previous two games and then missed last night's game when the team decided to put him on injured reserve. This is a knee issue that has been plaguing him for the past several years. He has said before already that he's not contemplating retirement due to it, but uh, this is something where he has missed 24 of a possible 47 regular season games since the start of the 2021 season. Derek Carr is still up in the air in terms of a shoulder injury that he suffered, whether he'll be able to play this coming game or if it, instead it will be Jameis Winston. Carr did not practice this week. He didn't practice Thursday. He has not, though, said that he is definitely out. He said if he can play, he will. But if he feels like it's a situation where he will re-aggravate the engine injury, he will keep himself out of the game. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I would still plan on Jameis Winston there. Two young quarterbacks will be back in the game. Anthony Richardson clearing concussion protocol. He'll play against the Rams. Perhaps even bigger news, Bryce Young looks like he's going to play against the Vikings. Head coach Frank Reich said that he was trending toward that on Wednesday, but also noted that he looks even better than he expected during today's practice. So Bryce Young will make his return uh, to the Carolina Panthers. Number of guys you see here as well, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Adams, and Jalen Waddell all returning uh, to action. Kamara obviously adding a needed boost for the Saints there. Jalen Waddle, more speed for the Miami Dolphins, mm. as if, Hannah, they did not already have enough. Yeah, we'll be talking about that Miami and Buffalo matchup in just a bit. But before we let you go, within the last hour, the NFL has made some changes to its gambling policy. So what's the latest on that? This has very significant ramifications, Hannah. I won't take you through all of the policy changes, but I will tell you what it means. There was one player in particular who was suspended because he was betting at a team facility. That is Jamison Williams, the Lions wide receiver, who was their 2022 first round pick. He had been suspended for six games. The NFL and the NFLPA met and said that uh, violation, betting in a team facility, is now only a two-game suspension. Do you know what that means? That the Lions are now going to get their first round pick back immediately. So as if he was uh, he was scheduled to serve another two-game suspension, that mm. is lifted. Jamison Williams is now free to play. So again, the Lions, a team that obviously is very impressive, could now get another weapon that makes them even better, Hannah. And some other penalty changes uh, with subsequent violations as well. All right, Jeff, right. thanks. And we're just getting started on NFL Live. Zach Wilson has received plenty of criticism recently, including from Jets legend Joe Namath. Now Wilson has responded. Find out what he had to say next. Plus, the Dolphins prove that offense can score plenty of points, but now they go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the potent offense of the Bills. How RC would game plan against Josh Allen in this pivotal AFC East showdown. NFL Live is presented by BetMGM the king of sportsbooks. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. 
anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Duke and college game day there for a football game, not a basketball game at all. Gets underway tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern. All right, time to read and react. Here's Zach Wilson yesterday reacting to Jets legend Joe Namath. He had some harsh criticism of Wilson earlier this week. And he's passionate. He's obviously, was, you know, one of the greats. And so, uh, you know, us as an offense, we got to do everything we can just to, to try and prove him wrong. Now, obviously, Joe was an unbelievable player, but this locker room is very tight-knit, and we're working to get better. I'm working to get better. I know I need to improve, and I promise I'm doing everything I can to keep trying to get better. Swagoo, your thoughts about Zach's response to Broadway Joe? Zach, don't answer any more questions. That's my response. Don't respond to any of this. When reporters ask you about what somebody else says, say, I don't give a damn. That needs to be the response going forward. The only thing that matters now is you and this coaching staff are seeing that they can get you to play better uh, when the game is on. I know it's been a lot of talk for this kid. Everybody's been talking about how bad he is, and that's rightfully so because he has looked bad playing the position. But now is the time to kind of let go, forget about all of that noise, and just kind of lock in on your guys and what you need to do. Don't worry about Joe Namath. Don't worry about Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, anybody that's talking about you. Just go play now, bro. Solid advice there. All right, Packers linebacker Matthew Judon offered some high praise of his counterpart on the Cowboys. One, Micah Parsons. Take a listen. Uh, He's been tearing it up ever since he got in the league. I think we'll be disrespectful if we just call him a pass rusher for real. Uh, he's he's able to do anything and everything you ask him to do, and uh, he's he's like willing, like he he do everything a hundred miles per hour. And you kind of say that about people, and you know they kind of luck into plays or kind of, but with him it's no, it's nothing luck about it. It's nothing luck about it. RC, how do you like what he said? Do you agree it's disrespectful to say that Micah is just a pass rusher? I don't know if it's disrespectful, but it was very respectful to hear Matthew Judon give Micah Parsons such high praise. We have to remember, he was drafted 15th overall as a Mike linebacker. Talking to someone in that building, they think that he could start on all three levels. And Micah Parsons was moved to defensive line or to defensive rush end because they were in need his rookie year. And he was so good at that one thing that they made him a full-time rush end instead of allowing him to play linebacker. So I love everything that Matthew Judon said, and I believe it is true. Michael Parsons is so much more than just a rusher. Yeah, and that was after a year of not even playing college football, which was unbelievable. All right, so what does all of this mean for the Cowboys' defense and fantasy this week? For that, we check in with AI-generated fantasy insights built with IBM Watson X. With a high projection of 14.5 points, the Cowboys' defense is tied for ninth this week, but the low projection gives them the highest 
floor. Raiders defensive end Chandler Jones was arrested today in Las Vegas after allegedly violating a domestic violence temporary protective order. Jones hasn't played for Las Vegas this season and was placed on the non-football illness list last week with what the Raiders have called a private matter. Jones has used social media to criticize the Raiders, including head coach Josh McDaniels, and he posted Monday that he was taken to a hospital against his will. Coming up on NFL Live, the Vikings have stumbled out of the gate. They remain winless into week four. Next, find out why the great Swagoo says that both sides of the ball are to blame if they can't get a win against Carolina. You're watching NFL Live, presented by BetMGM. The only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. The Falcons and Jaguars are playing Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern in London. And they're also playing in Andy's room? That's right. It's the NFL like you've never seen it before. The live game will transform into the world of Toy Story in real time. You'll see the same action that's happening on the field, but in a whole new way. Join Buzz, Woody, and all their friends Sunday at 9.30 a.m. on ESPN+. Love that. Uh, Dolphins and the Bills in the limelight on Sunday featuring the top two teams in point differential. Miami, the only 3-0 team in the AFC, both coming off huge blowout wins in week three by a combined 84 points. Miami number one in scoring in total offense. Buffalo number two in scoring in total defense. An NFL high nine takeaways. Now back to Josh Allen and company. They have bounced back from that season open and lost to the Jets, averaging 34 points a game the last two weeks. Allen's been really good. The Bills have also gotten their run game going, led by second-year running back James Cook. The Bills have averaged over 125 rushing yards per week. Okay, so here we go. Cannot wait. Are we going to play defense in this one? Absolutely we are because Vic Fangio is right there on the Miami side. Uh, what do you think he has dialed up for Josh Allen and company? What would you suggest, RC? I mean, you got to make him be patient. Listen, if you go man-to-man -man and you know that, and Josh Allen knows that Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis is singled up on the outside, he's going to attack that. And we saw that against the Washington Commanders. It's about playing some too high, playing some cover three, making Josh Allen figure out the zone and take the dink and the dunk and try to move the ball down the football field slowly. That sort of patience is not something that works for him, especially when he can be on the sideline watching Raheem Mostert, watching Tua talking about lower Tyreek Hill go up and down the field with split with speed and explosivity if you can make Josh Allen earn it eventually he'll give you a chance to make a play but if you make it obvious to him right away that you're a man and he can get his guy or you turn your back to him and allow him to use his legs he will tear you up and I believe Vic Fangio understands that rush with patience rush with discipline play discipline on the back end and you have an opportunity to frustrate Josh Allen 
RC, I'm glad you talked about that patience. I, one of my favorite gospel artists is a lady named Tasha Cobbs Leonard. And she said she got a song, put a praise on it. And that's what Josh Allen going to have to do to his legs. He going to have to put a praise on them legs <laughs> and use them. Because what Vic Fangio is going to do, like RC said, is try to keep him in the pocket. But I think this is how you even your offense out with what Miami is able to do. He has to get going on the ground. Don't be patient with this, Josh. When they backs are turned or when you see us a crease, take off and go. Don't try to extend plays and throw a ball up for grabs. This is one of your superpowers that you pull out when need be. And I, I just can't believe that a team can go toe-to-toe with Miami offensively. I don't think you're going to go possession for possession. His legs is going to have to extend drives while also keeping the ball in their possession. I think he goes to it. And he could eventually, he could potentially have a big day using his legs. I, I mean, they have that huge win last week, Miami, and you got to figure that Vic Fangio is furious that they actually gave up 20 points in that one. This is going to be a <laughs> lot of fun. Uh, but Jeff, I know you have some more news about a key player in this one. And by the way, that Bill's secondary, they're so comfortable together, but Jordan Poyer may not be available. What's the latest? That's right, Hen. He will not be available. Jordan Poyer has been ruled out for this game. Obviously a big blow to a defensive backfield after Poyer suffered a knee injury against the Commanders this last week. Uh, he is the starter opposite Micah Hyde. Now it looks like Taylor Rapp will fill in that role vacated by Jordan Poyer. It also, by the way, paves the way for DeMar Hamlin to, have, uh, to be activated for his first time this season. He's been a healthy scratch in the last three games, so a pretty big story developing there as well. Yeah, it would be great to see him on the field. Uh, guys, let's take a quick look at our picks, all right? And we are all on oh the boy. fins. Nobody is picking the Bills. Which means... What? Oh, that's... There's Godly like a curse guys. here, right? This means the Bills are <laughs> going to win. Guys. <laughs> Good Lord. Put we money on the Bills, y'all. Put money on the Bills. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, put it man. On. We, are, we are drinking that Dolphins Kool-Aid. RC, I should have like, called you. I should have called you. Yeah. You should have. All right. You should have. I, I got news for you. We're going to agree on a few more things, apparently, coming up. All right. All the 0-3 teams are meeting this weekend with the Vikings at the Panthers. Vikings two straight losses by a score. After winning 11 such games last season, they have nine turnovers through three games. That's the most in the NFL with trade rumors swirling around Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, the contract extension. Here's Jefferson today. Uh, I mean, I'm tired of people saying, you know, we're, we're looking into next season, uh, you know, all of the trades and stuff like that. We're, we're focused still on this season. Uh, we have a lot more games to go and we have a lot more things to accomplish this season. So, uh, I mean, we're still focused in. We still have that same goal as we had before the season. Uh, and we just need to fix a few things. And I feel like we'll be back on track. Uh, you can't really tell how a team is going to be uh, in three games. So it, it's just really just being... Uh, confined to ourselves, knowing who's in this building and, and what we're trying to accomplish. And uh, I feel like that's all that really matters. All right, I love his positivity there, Swagoo. But they've now lost four straight games by one score. Uh, what's the biggest problem that ails this team? I'm making, I'm making music references for the rest of the show. Good, I Shout love out it. to my man Nipsey Hussle. You got to double up. They got to double up, man. They got to bring both units to a game at some point. The defense has to play well and the offense has to play well. Kirk Cousins in this unit turned mm -hmm. the football over against the um, Philadelphia Eagles 
and to the tune of giving up all of those rush yards coincidentally on defense. Yeah. It is time for the Minnesota yeah. Vikings to stop playing Jekyll and Hyde in games and in seasons. Last year, we talked about it. Was this team for real? They won so many close games. This year, they are not getting it done in those situations, and I firmly believe it's because they haven't put together a whole game yet where both units are playing high-level football, and until they do, they're going to be on the wrong side of this season, and it could be over for them before it ever gets started. It needs to start this weekend. Marcus Spears, they aren't Jekyll and Hyde, man. Sometimes they just putting lipsticks on on pigs. Listen, if you the Minnesota Vikings are are truly they're truly me on a Sunday. See, by the time I get to Sunday, Hannah, I don't have no haircut because I'm waiting until the week so I can be fresh for TV, right? And I walk around in sweatsuits and sneakers, and so everybody's like, "Oh, he's kind of like a five or a six. And then you see me on Monday Night Football, I got a fresh haircut, I got on a three thousand dollar suit, I got on red bottom shoes. I got wait, a wait, little wait, bit wait, of makeup. Wait, wait. I thought you got away, your suits for free, like, RC. I thought you got your suits for free, but continue. That, Keep going. Well, Hannah, talk that don't mean they worth $3,000. It just means talk I get them for free. <laughs> and then when you see me, on, stuff, and when you see me on Monday night, you like, golly, that boy a 10. A freaking 10. <laughs> well, see, the Minnesota Vikings made us feel like they were a 10 last year because they were able to win some of these close games. But eventually, you fall back to the median. When you look at what if when you look at what their average score was or what or what their their winning margin was, their point differential, it wasn't high. That's who this team is. This year they haven't found ways to make the plays when they counted most. And if they want anything to change, they have to do that. But let's not forget, this is a team last year that got blown out by Philly, had to make the greatest comeback of all time against the Indianapolis Colts and get, and made Daniel Jones look like he was worth 40 million dollars yes, a year when they were put out in a wild card game. That's who they are. They're a pig. They just found ways to put on lipstick 11 times last year. RC, RC, after the weekend, after the weekend, me and RC be getting flued out. They fly us out after the weekend, RC. I'm a different guy. I'm a different guy. By the way, by the way, RC, who, like, we think is, like, so svelte and so healthy, like, in every commercial break, you have, like, a stack of Oreo cookies there. Yeah, he has been eating it. This is, you're letting yourself go, RC, but we know that you'll look good. good. You'll be eating salads for Monday. Salads by myself. I worked out just now. I just worked out. (laughs) Jeff, Jeff, save us. Jeff's just sitting there laughing. He's like, You want me to save you? Look, I don't have any red bottom shoes. I'm just (laughs) a solid eight and I know it. You know? Look. All right. So so here's the deal. To the Vikings. What does all this mean for Kirk Cousins and, and for Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I think that what we have to recognize here is that there's been a lot of talk, as Justin Jefferson alluded to the fact that of people potentially getting traded if this all heads down an even worse path than it already has. And uh, there's two names that obviously we continue to talk about there, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Two very different circumstances, though. Just because Justin Jefferson did not get his contract extension done uh, this preseason does not mean that it won't get done next offseason. I think that is a very highly unlikely trade to happen. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, he is now 35 years old. He is in the final year of his deal. And ultimately, perhaps that is something that the team would consider to try to get some value out of him rather than just letting him walk in free agency at the end of the year. We're not there yet, though. As Justin Jefferson said, it is not time to talk about that. It is simply time to figure things out.
little disappointed uh, in your lead there that you don't wear Louboutins. But nonetheless, let's look at our picks. No. Um, we are all on the Vikings. We all think the Vikings. After we went through all of that, we're all picking the Vikings this weekend. That's because... Because the one person they shouldn't be talking to about losing is Justin Jefferson, and he's still on the team. Yeah, and the Carolina Panthers ain't going to stop him, and they ain't that good. Yeah, and by the way, we know Bryce Young is back because Jeff told us earlier in the show. All right, fellas, we are locked into the biggest keys in this weekend's slate of games. Find out what RC and Marcus are looking out for. It's locks and keys. Yes. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Maspina. Welcome back to NFL Live. Presented by Bet MGM. Time for locks and keys for week four of the NFL season. The Ravens are at the Browns, having split that season series for the last two seasons. Ravens 1 0 in the division. The Browns are 1 1. Bunch of starters for the Ravens out for their week three loss against Indy in overtime, while the Browns held the Titans to just 94 total yards, a commanding win. Deshaun Watson is questionable for this one with a shoulder injury. And the rookie out of UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, would go if Watson can't. But look at the injuries on the Ravens' side. They were missing seven starters last week. This week, five, maybe more on offense. We have Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman. They have been ruled out. Left tackle Ronnie Stanley is also doubtful on defense. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey is out, as are of their pass rushers. So, a lot to contend with there. Okay, Marcus, it's your turn now. Give me a lock in this game. Ravens and Browns. My lock is Lamar Jackson going for 100-plus yards. He's going to have to leave his brothers behind and become Michael and sing by himself and hit the crazy note that he gets <laughs> in these games because this Cleveland Browns defense, they are not allowing people to throw the football down the field. So, Lamar's going to have to turn into Superman and put his cape on and use his legs in this game. I think he goes over 100 yards because he has to, not because he wants to. All right, RC, what's, what's the biggest key in this one? <laughs> I mean, what? the biggest key is to make sure Lamar doesn't have to start with the man in the mirror and that his wide receivers create some separation <laughs> on the outside. When you look at what Emerson Jr. and Denzel Ward have been able to do, also with Grant Delpit, they played extremely well in the secondary, but it's this rush that's been getting the quarterbacks and getting them rattled. If you can't create that separation early to allow Lamar Jackson to get the football out of his hands, he's going to figure out really quickly that Cleveland will make you find out who's bad. All right, taking a look at our picks for this game, and let's see, RC, you and I are on the Browns, but ooh, swagoo on the Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it seems like every time Lamar in these situations, he figures out a way. And for as much as we've talked yeah. about Cleveland's defense, I think Lamar and the Ravens are actually desperate for a win right now. Here they go. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Falcons and the Jags taking their show to London on Sunday morning. The first of five international games in the NFL this season at Wembley Stadium. Jacksonville's actually going to stay there for week five, facing Buffalo at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Atlanta humbled by the Lions. Jags coming off back-to-back -back losses. 
obviously a great run game. You know, Bijan is uh, is a young, good running back who's who's got uh, the ability to uh, not only break tackles but but go the distance. And um, you know, it's a it's a ball possession. Uh, you know, style of play, and, and listen. You know, uh, we challenge our defense all the time. You know, you got to stop the run or be able to s- slow it down. It's two back. It's it's one back. It's it's a it's versatile. It's it's moving parts, motions, and shifts. And you know, our guys got to be on point. They got to be disciplined. Yeah, they got to break this losing streak, Ryan. And we know they're comfortable there in London. Uh, give us a lock for this one. The lock is that Bijan Robinson will have 20 plus touches. You heard him there say about how dynamic Bijan could be, the way he breaks tackles, can also go to distance. We watched Desmond Ritter have the football in his hand a ton against the Detroit Lions, and they were able to rack up seven sacks and end the game with Aiden Hutchinson doing the stinky leg. If you want to keep him safe, if you want to keep him from making this mistakes, you put the football in your best playmaker's hands, and that's Bijan Robinson. Hey, Marcus, what's the key here? You're the stinky leg. Oh, yeah, there he is. Uh-oh. The key, okay. The, <laughs> we can't the, the get key a for the Jags, battle, me and R.C. going to keep it going. <laughs> me and R.C. going to keep it going. The key for the Jags <laughs> is for Trevor Lawrence. It's for Trevor Lawrence to turn into the human jukebox and put on the greatest show that we've ever seen at a football game. That is Southern University Band, and their mascot is the Jaguars. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is going to have to be the band, and I think that is what is going to happen against the Atlanta Falcons. They had so many missed opportunities. Receivers dropping the ball. He wasn't seeing the field like he needed to. A, a turnover. He gets on the same page with Calvin Ridley. He gets on the same page with the rest of these receivers. And Evan Ingram, it's time for him to have a big game from the tight end position. I think it goes down this week. Trevor Lawrence, you got to go be the human jukebox. They've only had a total of 26 points in their last two games. All right, so musical references abound, and we all think that... <laughs> The Jags are going to play some beautiful music. For the rest of the show. Weekend. There you go. Look at RC. RC what's in your head major. right now, RC? Drum what are you? Oh, look at this. Oh, oh, it's my, this is my little drum major baton. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> I love it. The NFL London game. Kick off Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 a.m. Pacific exclusively on ES Plus, the, the uh, ESPN Plus, uh, Bijan Robinson, the two and one Falcons, Trevor Lawrence, one and two Jags, Wembley Stadium. You know, we just talked about it all. Okay, coming up, the Titans welcome Joe Burrow and the Bengals to Nash Vegas this weekend. Find out why Swagoo thinks that Tennessee's D line can handle keeping Burrow in check. Our Monday Night Football matchup, Geno Smith coming back to MetLife. The Seahawks squaring off against Daniel Jones and the Giants. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, Peyton and Eli once again, ESPN2. And uh, these two fellas that I'm on with, NFL Live will be there too, live. We saw Joe Burrow, Monday Night Football, leading the Bengals to their first win. But Burrow continues to struggle with that injured calf, averaging 4.7 yards per pass attempt this season over the last 20 uh, games. He is only the fourth quarterback or last 20 seasons to average fewer than five yards per attempt through the first three games of a season. Look at the company that he is in here. Derek Anderson, J.P. Lossman, and Kerry Collins. He is clearly not himself a swaggo. So the Titans defense know that. Oh, what kind of game plan do you think they should have dialed up for Mr. Burrow? 
pressure, pressure, pressure from the center of the pocket, Hannah, and they have the guy to do it. Yeah. And Jeffrey Simmons and even Autry. Look, this is about making Joe Burrow use that calf, but it's very rare that you play against one of these upper echelon interior guys like he did against Aaron Donald. And we saw some of what Aaron Donald affect him as far as getting out of the pocket, where here you go again with Jeffrey Simmons, who I think is one of the top five defensive tackles in the NFL when it comes to playing the run and getting after the quarterback. So Joe Burrow is in for a lot. That interior pressure is going to be a problem. They got to figure out how to handle it. Yeah, if you're the Tennessee Titans, you know you haven't played well on the outside. If you go back to last week and the week before, what the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Chargers were able to do. So the only way to affect Joe Burrow, especially with the skilled players in Chase and Higgins and Boyd, is to get pressure on him. Get pressure into the middle mm -hmm. of the pocket and try to get him flushed out where he has to use that calf. And so when you look at this game, it's going to be about how does Joe Burrow get the football out of his hands into the hands of his playmakers before that rush has the ability to get to him. All right, on to the biggest upset of last week, and that was the Cardinals beating the Cowboys, stunning them as a 16-and-a-half-point underdog, according to ESPN Analytics, and it doesn't get any easier for them this week. Yeah, for their reward, they get to head to San Francisco and take on the Niners, uh, just like last week. ESPN Analytics says the Cardinals as nearly a 16-point underdog, giving them just a 13% chance to win so RC if they're gonna shock the world again this week and that is a very big if how could they pull it off so Hannah what you're saying is there's a chance though 13% is not zero <laughs> which is what I thought it would be and it's also less than I was told to take off of all of my answer which is 17% <laughs> Here's what I thought when, they me this when they gave me this question I said is it possible to stop the bus that's carrying Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Trent Williams, CMC, and Kyle Shanahan? That's probably not going to happen. So what needs to happen is you need to have ball control. You need to control the football with the run. You need to find a way to stop them in the red zone because they're going to move the ball 20 to 20. Can you keep them out of the end zone and force field goals the same way you did the week before against Dallas? The last way is you have to create some sort of turnovers to provide a short field. This team attacks defensively and they're physical offensively and that's the San Francisco 49ers. So the Arizona Cardinals have to hope that the ball bounces their way in some cases in order to win but you start with Joshua Dobbs and James Conner controlling the clock and controlling the run game. Yeah, keep them off the field. Swagoo, what do you think? Yeah. Well, last song reference, Bobby Schmurder, RC and Jeff Darlington and Hammer, um, Hannah, he said he got a lyric say about a week ago, about a week ago, that ain't what's about to happen this week though, the San Francisco 49ers will not look like the Dallas Cowboys. If the Arizona Cardinals got any chance it's going to have to look a lot like what they did against Dallas. Josh Dobbs is going to have to be an athlete. They're going to have to get James Conner going, and they're going to have to create turnovers on defense because we know all about the San Francisco 49ers. They, they, they drown you once the game is going. They want to get you behind the sticks and allow that rush to get to you. They want to create turnovers, and if they can manage somehow to be effective enough on the ground, they can keep this game at least close and potentially have a chance but I don't think it's going to be a chance, Hannah, but they say it's 13%. Oh, man, Jeff, really quick, uh, what about the health of Debo Samuel? Yeah, well, first of all, it seems like Marcus might have started happy hour a little early. Debo <laughs> Samuel, meanwhile, we're wondering what's going to happen with him because he worked off with the trainers today. John Lynch says that generally they like to see a guy 
uh, practicing on Friday if he's going to play on Sunday. So we have to wait to see exactly what it means that he was pra uh, practicing with the trainer, not with the team. He's questionable right now. We will keep a close eye on this one going into the weekend, knowing it's important not only to the 49ers, but all those fantasy managers out there as well. Yeah, they've scored exactly 30 points in each <laughs> of their last three games. And when you look at our picks, RC has them scoring exactly 30 points. How about that, RC? But you knew that, didn't you? <laughs> you know what, Hannah? Yes. Every now and then, I decide to research and watch a little bit of film to inform <laughs> my decisions. But on Fridays, we just live life, Bro. Hannah. And That's I just right. want to say thank you for allowing me and Bro. Marcus to not be adults. <laughs> I love right. it. This is a great Jeff show. And, Ryan. and we know. Yeah, yeah. Jeff and Ryan. Yeah. Hannah got the score 35 to 6. <laughs> That's right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> 35 to 6. <laughs> No, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Nobody ever gets blown out like that. Not in the peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>